listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 277. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the double fisting the caffeination today, John Brownstone. Yeah. Coffee to the left of me. Coffee to the right of me. Oh, coffee, my coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing to add to that, quite frankly. (laughs) I didn't expect you to go with it. It would have been better if we actually remembered the rest of that poem. I know, right? I could do it, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, today, uh, one, yes, we know there's a low hum in the background. We've decided not to overheat John Brownstone and keep the fan on. So (laughs) apologies for that background hum. Today, uh, we are talking about kinks we've mentioned a lot, a lot over the past several years. But we've never focused on it for a full episode. Odd. I know. Proving after all these damn years, there's still something to talk about. Uh, we are talking about today <laughs> exhibitionism and voyeurism and how we see it and how we experience it and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Tuesday and Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS and the number one, so it's at LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. Big shout out and... Thank you, as always, to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We see you. We love you. We would not be able to keep doing this thing that we're doing without you quite literally right now in the year of our Lord 2021. Uh, (laughs) And we would like to invite others to join us because I think we're a fun crowd over there. Uh, If you would like more content, like an upcoming live stream uh, that we do once a month, podcast episodes, and we remember what month it is, uh, a Discord server, and among other things, uh, you can join us for as little as $2 per month and help keep this kinky show running. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords, or use the link in the show notes found at lovingbdsm.net. Okay, so before we jump into the topic, I do have some announcements. One, a big thank you to Elegantly Owned. Taishu is in the live stream chat and Taishu owns Elegantly Owned. Uh, our favorite caller maker for sponsoring yeah. this week's episode. Uh, we I wear a Taishu designed, made collar. Um, mm-hmm. We have given some away. We have uh, reviewed and featured them on videos. And also now we will be giving two Elegantly Owned collars away on top of other prizes because second announcement, guess what? It's our podcast anniversary month. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. You were the only one allowed to do that. (laughs) I will dance and snap off rhythm because nobody wants to hear me sing. So, uh, yes, it is the month of August. For those of you who are new to us or maybe you watch the podcast on YouTube and you don't listen on a podcast app, uh, we have been doing this since August of 2015, August 27th, 2015, Um, not counting 2020, which was a dumpster fire of a year. We usually celebrate our anniversary month in style. We try to give away prizes. Mm -hmm. And so this year we're definitely giving away prizes and we're giving away two prize, they're prize packs. It's three prizes, two winners, okay? Uh, To enter, go to 
uh, lovingbdsm.net slash giveaway. Um, did I remember to put the link in the uh, description box for YouTube, folks? No, I have not, but I will get it there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for podcast listeners, uh, it's in the show notes, but it's also lovingbdsm.net slash giveaway. So what do, you, what, do you, what do you win? What do you win? <laughs> you win three prizes. Uh, you must be 18 or older to enter. And yes, it is open internationally. Um, if we can physically send mail to your country, ta-da, you're eligible to uh, enter and win. Um, so what are we giving away? One, we are giving away a paddle from the Kinkery. It's not even available in the shop yet. It won't be available until after this giveaway is over. Uh, we call it the Enforcer. It's a cleaver style paddle. Um, we're gonna talk more about this going through the month. So uh, for YouTube watchers, there will be some show and tell coming over the course of the month. But if you wanna see the pictures, lovingbdsm.net slash giveaway. The other prize, I have two toys from Hot Octopus. I have a curve vibrator. I have an Adam penis ring, cock ring. What will get me not demonetized? All of it, all of it will get me demonetized. <laughs> One winner will get to select one. The other winner will then get the other one. So just know you have a 50-50 shot of getting one or the other. And then the third prize is yet another reason why we love Elegantly Owned so much, uh, <laughs> is a collar from Elegantly Owned. And I've seen a picture of one of them and it is a Wonder Woman themed collar. And yeah. I squealed and I also was very tempted to reach out to Taishu and say, how much are you charging for that? And can you make me one please? And thank you. I love my current collar, which is all purpley and beautiful. And, but that Wonder Woman. I know um, it, it, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. And so cool. So that is one of the collars. Again, over the Hurt course of the month. my ears with that squeal. I know. I also squealed on Twitter. Uh, over the course of the month, through the <laughs> live stream portion of this, we will be um, showing these off. Um, but we are also posting pictures on that URL that I keep saying, lovingbdsm.net slash giveaway. So if you cannot get over to YouTube or don't want to, or you're like, fuck that shit, you can see them there. That is where you go to enter the giveaway entry for the giveaway is open the entire month of August. All times are Eastern Standard Time Zone because that's where we live um, and closes at like 11.59 p.m. on August 31st. And then the first week of September, we will draw the winners. We'll use our little handy dandy system that randomly draws them. Then we will contact those winners and they will have a certain time period to get back to us and claim their prize. And if not, then we draw again. And we keep doing that until everybody has their things. And I'm very excited. We turned six this year. What is that in human years? Like a podcasting years, it's six, but is that like, are we 30? Are we 60? Is this dog years? Are we 42? I'd go with 42. That's I'm about good, to be 42, so I'm good with that. That's a good number. So in podcast years, we're 42. I get it, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So what else did I have? The only other quick announcement, because I'm really excited about uh, the giveaway and really grateful to Elegantly Owned for sponsoring this episode. Thank you, Taishu. Is that we, um, as part of our kinky Patreon community, we do a monthly live stream mm -hmm. where we do a Q&A. You can ask the questions that are on your mind if you are a member of our Patreon. And that's coming up this Saturday, August 7th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, and you can join our Patreon if you're not currently a member at any time between now and then and get to participate. So it's patreon.com slash killalords, links in all the places. Also, if you are one of our kinky patrons, this is your reminder 
that there's a live stream this Saturday. Okay, let's get into the topic, finally. I know somebody out there's going, Jesus Christ, finally. Those are also the same people who usually have me on like two or three times speed, and I don't know how y'all do that, because <laughs> I couldn't listen to me like that. Okay, so we're- I wish I knew how to do that. I mean, if you give me enough coffee, I will speak faster. <laughs> if you get me excited enough, I will speak faster. Hmm. So uh, our topic is exhibitionism and voyeurism, voyeurism mm -hmm. and exhibitionism. Uh, you are a voyeur. Yes. I am an exhibitionist. I, I dip my toes into exhibitionism and uh, not really my thing. I know you kind of do it for me because it's our voyeurism exhibitionism side tends to come out most when we can do public play yeah. or be in a dungeon where you can watch whatever is happening. Right. Um, so as with every topic we cover, one, this is way too big to just squeeze into um, a single episode. And two, we are definitely speaking on this from our perspective and our experience, and we are not the end all be all on how these things work. So if you define this differently for yourself, if you have a different experience with it, that is valid. This is just our way. So I always feel like I'm walking into like, uh, a firing range when I start talking kinks because they're so personal to people. But so let's start with the obvious. Okay. What are these things? How do you define Ooh. voyeurism for yourself? How does that feel um, for you? Watching. And enjoying the watching? Yes. Do you get turned on by the watching? Um, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mostly it's about the energy. Gotcha. Okay, so are there times where you think I should want to watch whatever it is and we'll get into mm -hmm. the details of what the watching is um, and I'm just not, I'm not feeling it? Yeah. And that's based and, on the energy. And, the... and that's, that's based on the energy. You know, um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it is a turn on, but I, I find it to be... Um, like there, there are a number of, of um, exhibitionists that I follow on FetLife, mm -hmm. okay, and uh, even self tires who self tie rope, and a lot of it for me with the pictures is the artistic quality, mm. and and the the work that they put into taking these photos. Mm -hmm. All right, um, that that strikes me more than than anything. And with being at the dungeon, um, it's definitely an energy thing being being shared in the scene gotcha. that's taking place. Gotcha. So you want to watch technically what's happening, but it's really about the feeling it's inspiring in you that keeps you watching. Correct. It. So yes, voyeurism is wanting to watch others. I think you can want to watch yourself and call yourself a voyeur. I think that's. Mm -hmm acceptable i mean do you i know you like to watch me do things because yeah. one of our kinky play ways to play has often been touch yourself do this thing do it in front of right. me so i can watch and i think that in that case there's definitely an element of control and power as the sure, dominant absolutely also an element of sadism because he knows i'm squirming over there like eh, <laughs> um but then does that also then tap into your voyeurism it it does it well? does uh, just like when you used to take pictures for your website. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, my TNA are all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So, you know, yeah, I mean, 
when when we're doing things, you know, like directed masturbation or, or things like that, um, it is. It's it's definitely the 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 sadism, the control, but absolutely voyeurism is is well spoken for in it's there as well. It's one of the layers of what's going on. Absolutely. Okay, so yes, to be a voyeur is to want to to enjoy, to sometimes be turned on by the watching of what others are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not a voyeur, <laughs> <laughs> but I am an exhibitionist. So the way I, def- the, for me, exhibitionism is, yes, wanting to be watched, wanting to be seen, um, enjoying some element of being noticed and attention. And I know for a fact, all of this exists on a spectrum of a little bit to a lot because I have very clear times when I feel my exhibitionist self. And Mm -hmm. then I have very clear times where it's like, don't see me, don't look at me, don't notice me. I'm not trying to draw attention to myself. Um, For me, my exhibitionism comes out typically in in a club or dungeon scene where we are there to play. Um, And I want to, I want eyes on us. I enjoy knowing that people are watching us play together and Mm -hmm. enjoying what they see, feeling the energy, like whatever the vibe might be. Um, I do not like being noticed in ways mostly sexual outside of that kind of environment um Mm. unless it's of my very strict choosing so putting my boobs on my website on the internet is a choice i make and i control and i control the shot and i control the editing and i control the context around it do i control what happens outside of that no i do that knowing i give up that control but i put myself in a very narrow box of when I'm willing to do this, why I'm willing to do this, how I'm willing to do it. Um, You get boundaries in all kinks. Exhibitionism, Mm -hmm. voyeurism is no different. And so in that context, I'm, uh, there was a time I was much freer with putting myself uh, on the internet in that way. Um, I would almost say that my exhibitionism also relates to um, sharing my thoughts and my feelings. I think there's, some element of something there for some of us when you talk about your life uh, for anybody who wants to pass by and, and pay attention to know, whether that's through a blog, whether that's through videos and podcasts, the here I am, see me, look at me, take in my information. Uh, there's, I think, some level of exhibitionism in that way, not at the same level as my kinky exhibitionism. I'm not Mm. getting turned on by it. I'm not getting off on it. What I am getting, and this is where things get complicated and I think very personal, Mm -hmm. uh, and I get this both in the club and I get this both on my site and I get this both in just being a human being on the internet sharing my thing. There's some validation there Mm. as well that okay. I know for me is mixed into it and I've never spent any time pulling apart how much of this is just pleasure for pleasure's sake and how much of this is, ooh, I really like how people respond to this, mm-hmm. which also then means, ooh, I really don't always like how people respond to this. And, and see, for me, you know, like I said earlier, I have dipped my toes into being an exhibitionist and it, it, it just never felt right. Mm for me. Mm-hmm. The only time 
it came close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a thing on our blogs mutually for a February photo fest. Yes, that's a uh, blogging schedule, and we call them memes, but that means something mm-hmm. different than internet memes. Yeah. Um, hosted by our friend Molly Moore. Yeah. And and we did that one year, mm-hmm. and we actually had somewhat of a plan. We we did kind, it two years. We, we had a plan. We did it two years. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we kind of worked together, mm-hmm. per se, mm-hmm. on the pictures. Yes, yeah, a, um, a photo a per- sharing thing, a post every day in February with a photo. Mm-hmm. And we teamed up, and we had a theme, and it was about you and me. And so I would post an image, and you would post a complimentary image that went with it. Either it went right. with the story, or it was the other viewpoint. But yeah, we did the, a, the that theme, together. The theme that we did, I believe, was perspective. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And... Because we were doing it together, I think I felt a little more comfortable about it. Mm-hmm. But yet, it's still not something that I I would just pick up and do. Pick up and do. Right. It's like you're probably not going to stand up at the club on your own and be like, "Watch me do this thing." It's more like you want to play at the club with me or whoever your partner is, and you know that a side effect of that is that people will get to watch. Yeah. And I think now I'm curious. I think I know the answer, but maybe I'll let you talk for yourself for once. I know the audience would love Wow. That. I know. Is it a point of discomfort that you have to overcome each time? Or did you have one moment of discomfort, realize the world won't fall apart if mm-hmm. you do this in front of the world, and you're fine it's, now? It's kind of an each time thing okay. for me. But I, I have noticed, um, especially when playing at the club, once I do step into the scene... Mm-hmm. It's like everything peripheral fades away. Mm. And see, for me, once we're in the scene, especially once we find our rhythm, I, I'm i never aware that eyes are on us because it's not mm-hmm. like I feel somebody staring at me. I'm aware that eyes could be on us. And that actually will, if the energy is good and we're having a good time, that heightens things for me. I will arch my back a little bit more. I, yeah. will, I will maybe give you a little bit more more sass than Wiggle I might otherwise. Right, yeah. because at that point, it's not just for you. It is absolutely first and foremost always for you. Mm-hmm. But then there's also that, but is this the moment somebody looks over and what do they see and what am I doing? What am I giving them? What am I showing off? Again, the part I have never unpacked and don't really have time to unpack is the idea of the validation and the appreciation and the approval it's a, I want to be careful with that word but kind of some level of approval where what I want is somebody to see me with my back arcs that way and my ass out and be like oh nice ass right like mm-hmm. I want it in that specific moment I also don't want them to approach me later mm, no the, the social <laughs> anxiety in me is like no back up but in that with that separation of I'm on kind of a stage and they are in mm-hmm. the audience, I want it then. I just don't want it in real life in person when we're outside of that context. Yeah. I thought you were about to say something. No. Oh, okay. So <laughs> um, how do you handle your voyeurism? Here's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Many, many of us know of a person or have had the experience of being the person on the receiving end when somebody goes from kind of like looking appreciatively but being very subtle about it to being mm-hmm. 
and this is going to be subjective because it's going to mean something different for everybody creepy in that they're being watched so overtly they are now uncomfortable mm. because voyeurism like every other king voyeurism and exhibitionism has its own set of boundaries that are unique to the person true but as a voyeur you don't know the other person's boundaries necessarily you're literally in the middle of a club or a dungeon right. or a play party and what you have to follow then are best practices and rules of the uh location that you're at in the party that you're right. at like don't walk through somebody's scene well, don't touch somebody stuff like that when but, it when it comes to watching a scene all right there there is a big difference between watching a scene with appreciation mm -hmm. for for what is happening in the scene then sitting there with the uh you know with with your tongue hanging out and your mouth hanging open mm -hmm. so to speak mm -hmm. um you know I, I think if you come at it that way you're probably going to end up being escorted out of the club yeah there are i know for a fact there are moments in certain types of parties where what you are allowed to do whether you're encouraged to do or not you are allowed to put your hand in your pants and express your appreciation with yourself while you watch mm -hmm. the what is going on uh, on stage or in the spotlight or whatever the venue is but that should not be the automatic assumption of every space where you no, get to watch no, people no, no, do no, 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 no. anything. And that is, we have been near those people. And I think sometimes it's, it's a vibe you get from a person. And sometimes I don't think they know they're giving off the vibe. And sometimes it's maybe not even the vibe they're trying to give off. I don't know. But I know as an exhibitionist, I have gotten a sense of when somebody is watching the way you watch in appreciation or in interest or in you're kind of entertained by the moment or whatever it is mm -hmm. you're having from the leering i would actually love to be all up in your personal space i'm a voyeur you can't kink shame me fuck you if you're in my space you've just violated boundary i will kink shame right. the fuck out of you for that. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not just being a voyeur at that point you're now imposing yourself on mm -hmm. somebody else and i think that because voyeurism can occur outside of the typical negotiation and power structure of a play situation or a partnership that one i think voyeurs get can get a really bad name because of the, the creepy folk out there who well, would yeah. call it voyeurism um but two i think that there's like this gray area that that is hard is going to be unique to everybody and hard mm -hmm. to define it, it it is hard to define now I, i'm i'm going to go off in a little bit of a tangent but not too Please far do. off <laughs> um using fet for example mm -hmm. okay. fet life you mean fet life okay. yes um, many, many exhibitionists use FetLife. Mm -hmm. They can freely show mm -hmm. what they do or what they don't want to. Mm -hmm. And it is technically a safe space sure. for that. And if you go to a person's profile and you read their profile, they usually, more times than not, will state their boundaries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay? You know, if, if you like the photos I take, you know, like them. Um, comment respectfully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right? There are others who will, you know, 
go the opposite. You know, look at my photo, like my photo, tell me what you would do. Right, yes. There's some people who love that there, kind of thing. And, and there are people who love that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, I, I have run across uh, profiles where they say, you know, show me tribute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, in a space like that, you do have the the clear cut boundaries right because people of, are stating be, their because people are stating their boundaries mm -hmm. and what gets me is you know these people are stating their boundaries and i i have come across this on fetlife um last dating site i was on <laughs> omg um you know they say you know this to me is, you know, a lot of people misconceive exhibitionism as a statement of this person is looking for sex. Permission. It's, yeah. It, 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 I it's, show you my whatever and that people to decide to take that as permission to tell you whatever that they right. are thinking and or it's, doing. And it's it. not. It no. is not. No. Nowhere near shape or form. It is not. And and the comments that these that these people leave and yeah guys yeah you're you're it's mostly you're it. guys um, it's mostly cis guys you know it is downright freaking crude yeah and it's uncomfortable to yeah. be witness to so you know there there is where the boundary right go goes into into creepy and and not respecting yes. boundaries and y'all I think we got a JD rant <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I think coming from an avid voyeur, you were the best uh, spokesperson for this because <laughs> you're tired of seeing bad behavior in your kink. It, and it, I'm here for it. It's true. And I also want your blood pressure to come down. Okay. Getting hot in here. It is getting hot. Yeah. But, you know, they, the people there at, at the very least state their boundaries. And here's the thing. If somebody does not state their boundaries, they don't say anything one way or the other. The it, rule is don't do anything until you know what it, the boundaries are. It still are. doesn't give you clear-cut no. permission to do no. whatever. Because without knowing what the boundaries are, you should do nothing. You should not right. be gross and leering. You should not send tribute to somebody who did not ask no. you. No. You should not, like, explicitly comment on a whatever, or their picture or whatever about what you'd like to do with them mm -hmm. until they have given you that permission or said something explicitly to you or in a public way that lets you know that that is something that they're open to. That's the thing that gets very frustrating from an exhibitionist side. When I put myself out there, I know that I no longer control how people will respond to that, good or bad. Um, I've been very fortunate, knock on wood, not to have gotten a lot of like hate comments. I'm very happy about that. And I also can't control if somebody takes my the picture of my boobs on the internet and masturbates to it. If that happens, that happens. I'm not trying to control that. What I can control and what I don't have to accept is that somebody without me saying, hey, I'd like to know this, somebody telling me what they did with it and letting me know that they're like leering and watching and this mm -hmm. is how they're responding when I didn't ask for that. Um, and so there, it is where things for some people get fuzzy between exhibitionism and, voy and voyeur, voyeur Ism? Voyeurism? Voyeurism? Voyeurism, what are yeah. words? I don't know. Because yes, dealing with somebody who shares some part of their body, their soul, their mind, their whatever, with an audience of some sort, for too many people, 
is perceived as permission then to not just be a voyeur, we're, we're allowing you to, we're saying, look at us because mm -hmm. we're here, but then to take that a step further from watching an appreciation or being appreciative of whatever you're witnessing and feeling whatever you feel on the inside and you get to feel whatever the fuck you feel on the inside to then making sure the other person knows when they might not have asked for that. And I think that there are some exhibitionists, like you very clearly pointed out FetLife being a perfect example, who want that information. They yeah. want that feedback. That's part of it for them, or it fulfills something else for them that maybe is not about their exhibitionism and it's about something else. But then there are, and I'm one of them, uh, there are those of us who are like, I am happy to be out here and be seen, and I'm kind of getting off on it. It's kind of exciting, and it's kind of fun. Also, it's terrifying, and apparently I do have a thing for some kinds of adrenaline rushes, just none that involve roller coasters or actually talking to people. Um, but I don't want the interaction part. I'm happy to put myself out there and be seen and know that I'm being seen. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, a polite comment of, oh, that looks good. Or, oh, you know, thanks for sharing. Like those are fine. Yeah. Those have never bothered me. It's when I then get what feels like really personal invasive information because what right. it feels like then is that I am being asked to be a voyeur to their exhibitionism. It's what it feels, I don't know if that's the intent, but that's what it feels like. And what's funny to me is that I have a very viscerally negative reaction to being a voyeur. I'm happy yeah. to be seen. I hate watching. I It's it's my <laughs> anti-kink. It's like, I, I hate it. I don't hate it like get angry hate it. I hate it like really just don't want to be doing it. So, um, in the, in a, at a dungeon and God knows it's been a hundred mm -hmm. years, there were, there were times we would go and because of the limited um, equipment, sometimes you had to wait a while to get your turn on a piece of equipment. And that's sure. kind of typical in most places that I've ever heard about or been. But what that meant was if I didn't feel like being in the social area talking, which I would never do by myself, I, I yeah. stay with you, we had to watch. And there was, I remember clearly one night, man, we didn't even get to play till 1 a.m. And that's that's unusual for us. We're, yeah. we're usually like your eight o'clock at night players, nine o'clock at night. <laughs> we're leaving by 11, okay? Because we're old and tired and we need to go get Waffle House. But um, you were enjoying it. There were several scenes going on. I mean, everywhere you looked, there was something going on. All of the equipment was being used and you're into it and into it. And you, I can tell you're relaxing and you're enjoying yourself. And I am- oh, yeah. I it literally felt like something was itching from my skin from the inside out. Like I just wanted to beat up and anywhere other than that. Um, one, I just, I get antsy. That's, I'm here to play, I'm not here to watch it. I don't wanna do that. Uh, two, the more intimate the moment feels, the more I want to pull back and not watch. Intimate moments, mm. I have this happen to me when I'm reading books. I have this happen to me now these days when I'm like watching a movie. If a moment between two or more people feels very vulnerable and intimate, I don't want to look at it. I feel like I feel like I'm intruding in a way that the other people probably don't know, don't care, that's not even on their mind. But something in my brain goes, I should not be here, I should not be looking at this, I don't want to look at this and I will turn away or I'll close my book or whatever it is. And in play parties and dungeons and spaces like that, that happens not every time, but pretty frequently. People, the energy between people 
is such that you can tell they're having this really special moment and I don't have the ability to sit back and go, oh, well look at the swing on that flogger or to look at the technical aspects. I'm very much pulled into the, the, the energy between the two people and what I wanna do is get the hell away from it because my brain is like, no, I don't wanna be here for this. Too much, too intimate, too, no, 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 this is not for me. And it's not a, a, I don't feel gross about it. I don't feel like I'm wrong or bad or that they are wrong or bad. I just feel like this is not what I wanna be doing right now. I, there is a little voice in my head that goes, you should not be here for this. This is really private, except that it's clearly not private because they're playing publicly. I play publicly. JB and I have had some really strong energy exchanges in scenes that people told us later they were absolutely impacted by and were glad to be able to witness, which man, that was validation I needed. I was like, let's play in public every time. Um, but being on the watching and the receiving end of watching people have that kind of moment I just want to get away. Like I, it's a very visceral reaction of pull back, go away, don't look. Um, so yeah, uh, voyeurism is my anti-kink. <laughs> Which is, I think, I think JB kind of understands that about me. For podcast listeners, he stepped away from the mic for a moment. Um, because we got into a point with our visits to dungeons, which have been over a year and a half now, it's been a while, where there might be a little bit of watching um, either at the beginning or afterwards, but mostly we get in, if we, we get on play equipment as soon as we can, as soon as it's available, we do our thing, we have some time for aftercare, and then we kind of either just leave or we go into a social area and we chat. And I do stick to him like glue in those places. Not because I'm afraid of anything, I'm not. I am so socially awkward. I need the, the nice thing I have found at BDSM Dungeons is that once it's obvious to an onlooker, and it's not always obvious, once it's obvious to an onlooker that you were the submissive one, um, they automatically tend to address your dominant person. I love that because I don't wanna talk to strangers. I don't know what to say to yeah. them. Now, so even though when you're watching, I'm still sticking close, mm -hmm. but we don't watch as much as we once did. True, now the, the only exception to that was um, at, at an old club that we used to frequent and, and you were very comfortable with the people there. Mm -hmm. I still did and, not like to go to a social area without you, but mm -hmm. I could because I right. knew enough people. And the way that club was set up, social area was downstairs, mm -hmm. play area was upstairs. Mm -hmm. But you were comfortable enough with the people there that I could leave you downstairs and I'd go upstairs and watch some of the scenes, especially s certain people that were playing that night. And then I'd get antsy though, because I was like, because I, there was, <laughs> this has nothing to do with exhibitionism or voyeurism, but there was, there's this comfort of when we are in a BDSM space being together, mm -hmm. because like I was saying before you sat back down, I can hide behind that. Oh, I'm submissive, you have to talk to my dom first thing, and <laughs> I use it. I use it to its fullest extent, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> because once you get to know me, you're gonna know I'm gonna talk right the fuck over him. We already know that here. Mm -hmm. um, but in that moment when I'm scared and nervous, but yes, in that instance, it was very nice to be able to, if you were really into watching, and I just, like I said, I just, I mean, my, I get twitchy if I watch, I just don't like watching 
any of it <laughs> at all. I'm not interested in learning techniques. You can explain them to me. I'll watch a video yeah. later. I'll ask questions. It's fine. I don't want to watch. Um, I don't, mm -mm. but I do want to give off that experience. I want other people right. to have the kind of experience you have watching. I want them to have that mm -hmm. watching me, you, us. Right. Um, well, I, I think that's a, a, a big um, thing with, with the, um, with the clubs. There is such an exchange of energy. I know it's too intimate for me though. Like I don't want to be around it. I don't dislike the fact that there's that. Mm -hmm. There's just something in my brain that goes, this is not for you. Go away. You were, you know, look away, look. And I, yeah. and what's weird is I know that if people are playing publicly, they either understand that this very intimate moment will just be witnessed regardless of what they feel about it or, and they accept that, or they're like, into it maybe they themselves are exhibitionists and want people to feel that with them and that's part of it and mm -hmm. i'm just like no i can't i can't i gotta go <laughs> <I'm out here." laughs> which i and it feels very weird to admit that because i do enjoy knowing that something we're giving off in our moment to play is sort of drawing people in you know mm -hmm. and they i mean how many times have we had people come up and talk to us later and at that point, I'm so like relaxed, even if I don't hit subspace, even if it's not like a really hard course, I'm just like so zenned out that I'm like, yeah, come talk to me, it's fine. What, mm -hmm. what anxiety's here? We could chill. Um, and then I'm hungry and I wanna leave, but that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, so when, so you were saying when you have to be an exhibitionist, it, it all just falls away from you. In, like you're in, not actually focused on the outward in side. the aspect of being in the club yeah so when it's over and you kind of come back to yourself and you are aware that you have been watched and mm -hmm. maybe people have responded to that in a positive way how how does it feel at that point i think after the fact like that after a scene in a club um it it doesn't bother me mm -hmm. um do you think much about it at all not really it's just a not fact really. of like this it, is how you got to play on this stuff. To, so. to me, it's it's just a a um, um, a, a side effect of, of what we have done. Sure, it's it's almost like okay, if I want to use this equipment in this space, I got it. This is what I got a part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's neither good nor bad. It just yeah. is. And and I think that is different for me mm -hmm. than having pictures of myself out on the internet. Okay. Okay. Um, part of it is because I am not comfortable with my body. I know, I've, uh, the times you've, oh yes, parts of JB are on the internet. <laughs> and I had to ask very nicely if I could take and use those pictures and then edit them in such a way and then go, how do you feel about this one? And then get permission to put it out mm -hmm. there. Like, Anytime either of us has ever posted a picture of you physically, that, you know, some part of your body, there's a lot of back and forth negotiation. Um, well, and here's what's funny. I, that, you saying you, you being uncomfortable with your body and that sort of impeding your willingness to sort of put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Here's the ironic thing. I am deeply uncomfortable with my body. I know. But I'm still like, and look at me on the St. 
and I and I and I recognize <laughs> I recognize this because I I see this from so many people who who do this who have blogs mm-hmm. that they post photos there or they do so on. Um, uh, fat mm-hmm. that through doing that they have gained acceptance of their body. You want to know why I can take uh, literally take off almost all of my clothes in the BDSM dungeon? Mm-hmm. Because the first time I went, I saw bodies of every single type and shape and size there. Really large bodies, really little bodies, really t- like really hairy, really not hairy, like every body type. And they were doing all kinds of scenes. Some of it was spanking, some of it was rope, some of it was whatever. And I went first of all, I was like, I'm not a voyeur. But wow, that's, I like that person's body. And then I went, wait, that person's body looks like my body a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was this freedom of watch, seeing all these. There, It wasn't just, sometimes our social media experience is highly curated and we're only seeing a single body type. Uh, and then we decide that must be the norm and that must be the only body type that gets celebrated. And then we feel bad about ourselves because we are not matching up with that body type. And one, sometimes you have to go look for other body types. They're out there on the internet, I promise. The algorithms are not trying to show them to you, but they are out there. And two, go to a place where all walks of life gather in that sense, a BDSM dungeon. Like that was, I, no, I don't have any kind of stereotypical, quote, perfect body. I really don't like my body. I'm actually pretty neutral about it. I just don't think about it very often. I'm like, whatever. But at the dungeon, I mean, we play and I'm basically wearing a thong. That is all yeah. I'm wearing. And we walk in. I don't wear special, like, kink clothing anymore. I wear what is the easiest to get on and off. And it's usually just a slip dress. And I yank it off over my head. And to die, I might have to take a bra off. Maybe. Sometimes I don't even wear a bra because let's just get to the good shit. <laughs> and while I don't like to stand facing forward, I don't like my stomach out. I, that's probably my biggest place of insecurity at this point. I am happy to put my back to everybody and arch my back and push my butt out and look at these thick thighs and whatever, whatever. Um, but that's where it came from. And and yes, you can be an exhibitionist and and really feel insecure about certain parts of you that are going to probably be on display. <laughs> <laughs> so. And see, I, I think for me the difference in, in being at the dungeon is mm-hmm. – um, like you, you you take your clothes off, mm-hmm. all right, because you're the one who's being spanked. And being... I don't want to impede anything from getting near anywhere I want it to hit me at. I want you to have full access, touch me everywhere, hi, thanks. Mm-hmm. If that means I got to take the clothes off, I'm taking the clothes off. And me, I do what I do fully clothed. Completely clothed, yeah, yeah. head to toe. Oh, mm-hmm. sometimes you look so sharp. I love it when you do slacks or jeans and a button-up shirt and your vest. But I also love mm-hmm. it when you wear one of your T-shirts and your black kilt and your boots. Oh, my God, it's so sexy. And I'm over here like, look at what color thong am I wearing tonight? Is it black? Is it purple? Is it what color is it? Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. Once the scene is over... I know I won't probably won't immediately put clothes back on because I'm I might be a little like off. I mean I, I need to sit down and like recover myself. I want my blanket wrapped around me yeah. as soon as possible. I want to cover yeah. myself because at that point I'm out for me. I'm out of that moment of purposely being visible and seen and sure you can watch whatever's gonna happen here. I don't care. I kinda like it, please do. I'm feeding that off that energy. Oh, now the moment's over, I I would like to cover myself. I don't want to necessarily be seen. Mm-hmm. Especially since I think for me, aftercare, it's all intimate. It's yeah. all I'm vulnerable in all of it, but 
aftercare is uniquely intimate to me because that is that moment that it's just the two of us sort of like recovering and talking and how are you and whatever. We're, 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 we're in, in a, a little bubble. Bu yes, that was exactly what I was going to say. We're in a little bubble. And we have had people that don't do this uh, try and come up and talk to us while we're clearly in the middle of aftercare. Um, they were very enthusiastic and knew better and just right. they couldn't help themselves and they were forgiven, but don't do that. Um, <laughs> but I have to consciously turn away when I recognize and notice that people are watching us even after we're in aftercare because at that point I don't want to be seen. I don't want you paying attention to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not performing anything for anybody. I'm literally trying to come back into my right mind. Thanks. And have this, this vulnerable moment with you to right. reconnect in the, yes, we just did kinky, mean, taboo things with one another where others could see we're good right yeah we're totally mm -hmm. good you know and that kind of moment um and that that for me is where the exhibitionism turns off and i know that's not true for everybody because like all of these kinks there's uh, we have our own way of moving through them in the world and what we like and what we don't like and how much of it we can tolerate and how much of it we can't and where our personal boundary line is. And so I, I mean, I've seen them in the club. I've seen people walk in, they walk to the door street legal, they get into the dungeon and they're almost naked. Like they're mm -hmm. probably wearing a harness of some sort, hopefully wearing some shoes yeah. until they get out there on the floor. Um, oh, yeah. And they stay I, that way the whole night and they're just, they're, they're happy and relaxed and it's not always exhibitionism is yeah. why they do it. But, well, you I know. Yeah, that being said, I the experience I've had with with both dungeons that I, I've been a part actually three, um, think about it. Yeah, three. Uh, you walk into them right from the the entry. There's a changing area. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, for uh, sure. You know, some people yeah they they just kind of strip down and that's their thing, and you know that's what's expected of them with their with. Um, dynamic and, and their protocols and, and other man they go right to that dressing room and they put on their fetish gear or whatever you know whatever their outfit is what, for the whatever night. their outfit is for the night because you know let's face it many people who identify as kinksters you know can't wait to shed that that vanilla world mm -hmm. and and be themselves right and <laughs> and it's funny because I wouldn't automatically classify this as exhibitionism but I think under the technical definition you could there's something validating about being seen as who you are in your full self and if you know during the daylight hours and outside of a dungeon you're you know buttoned up and wearing your street clothes so that you kind of just sort of fit in because that's mm -hmm. what most of us do some people you get to the club and you want to put on that one thing you can only wear here and i and i know for many people it's a love of that thing it's an expression of self it's feeling fully who they are but there is also, I think, an element of I want to be seen as who I am. And I, in my exhibitionism, I want to be seen. I want to be, I think somebody said in the live stream, I want to be perceived. Mm. <laughs> Outside of that Nothing. moment, I really know, and it's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really here. But when I put myself forward, obviously, that's what I want. Or I wouldn't put myself forward like that. Um, it's in certain kinky moments when we are together i do not feel this on my own um in as an individual when we are together i i want it to also be enjoyed or it to be an experience or it to be one of those things that catches people's attention even if maybe they don't 
know why. Like, she's not mm-hmm. the sexiest person I've ever seen, but I can't take my eyes off of it kind of thing. And I definitely, sometimes I get turned on by it, and sometimes I just get, like, there's a little bit of a high to it. There's a little bit of a, almost a power str- dynamic of knowing that whatever it is about this moment that's happening, mm-hmm. I've got your attention and your eyes yeah. are on me. And there's, I mean, I, I, I like I that look, too. I, you know, when when it's you and I, I, I look at doing a scene and, and even aftercare as, as intimate moments between us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess to a certain extent, even, even from my aspect, that can be seen as a bit of exhibitionism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because sharing that moment with whoever's at the club, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on, on a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having others bear witness to it. It doesn't make it more real to me. I don't need that for it to be real. You and I do things very privately at home, no sure. audience. Um, and that it, that strengthens our bond just as much as anything else. They're very meaningful to mm-hmm. me. For me, there's an extra layer to it when I know others are watching. And it goes back to that thing I said at the beginning that I have not pulled apart for myself. And it is um, some kind of validation and approval yeah. um, that they're... Uh, are moments when I want validation and approval. And I think that there's a line to be found for each of us where you've gone too far, you want too much, and it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. But it, but at the same time, if nobody's watching, because we have definitely played in a club where there was nobody but the dungeon monitor and like a front desk person. Yeah. And the dungeon monitor realized we were safe and took a nap because he'd worked the night shift. Yes. I wasn't mad. I, I, wasn't I remember that. <laughs> I, was like, I remember that. He worked the night shift and then came here. Um, but you know, we are completely alone and there's nobody watching and that does not take away anything mm-hmm. from the moment. It does not make it less of, um, a good experience for me, but being watched and knowing that the possibility is out there, that somebody out there is watching us do this for me, it adds a layer to everything. I yeah. am not the type of exhibition exhibitionist who does exhibitionism for exhibitionist sake it's the mm. whatever i'm allow, allowing to the world to see or some corner of the world to see has to have some other purpose for me um and that could be anything uh, you know posting pictures of my body on the internet was there was a story i was telling there was a it was a thing where i was trying to put myself out there in a way that you know stretched my boundaries a little bit and, and push myself a little bit it was part of a narrative. It was something I was feeling sexy and I liked it. Like there has to be another reason for me to put myself out there, but then knowing that others might see it like it, knowing that others might get turned on by it is different than knowing an individual got turned on by it because they told me, I don't want that second part, but putting it out there and knowing somebody out there might be turned on by it. That mm-hmm. that's a, that's part of it for me, you, but it's not the is, only reason I do is it. Is that, um, do you find that to be a little empowering to a certain extent? Sometimes. Okay. And I think it depends on the mindset I had when I put myself out there in that way. Um, I'm thinking back to my blogging days where I just let it all hang out a lot of the time. And there were times when I was actually writing a very vulnerable post and I used a picture to illustrate it. Mm-hmm. And 
to know that somebody was turned on by the picture did not feel empowering because of the context where that that moment had come from. Okay. When I do something because in that in like three split seconds I was feeling silly and goofy and like fearless and yeah let's put this out on the internet. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind it so much, but then it's hard later if I have that moment of, who was that person who allowed herself to put this picture, this moment, this thing forward so other people could see it? If I if I get into that mindset, then the empowerment is not there. But if I stay happy with it, mm -hmm. then yeah, there's a there's a little bit of em empowerment. I think it's part of it is I've never had the expectation that I turned anybody on. I don't live with the idea that my body is arousing. I know you find it arousing. I know other people have found it arousing. I'm not downing on myself and like dissing myself. Okay, wow, I just showed my age. Uh, for you youngins, yeah, dissing. <laughs> I said that. Um, I'm not, that's not what I mean. It's just I've never, I've rarely seen myself in that context or tried to see mm. myself in that context, except okay. for that those times back in my sex blogging days where I tried to. And so I don't always recognize that person. And I'm also not trying to be that person who is actively turning anybody on, like trying to, like I'm, I, I am a sexual being, but I started out as a, that's the name of my, my personal blog, if you wondered. I started that out f for myself and to prove something to myself. It, it, it's so rare in my lifetime to have outside validation of that, mm -hmm. that one, I'm still deeply uncomfortable by it even now, even though I, after all these years with you, I've gotten used to the fact that you're like, no, I find you sexy. I am turned on by you. Look at the proof of that, you know? But yeah, so it's kind of, it's, it's rare for me to find it empowering when others are aroused by me. I do, some part of my brain uh, catalogs it as a validation and approval, mm -hmm. but not necessarily empowering. Is it because I'm empowered by other things? Is it because that's, there's a disconnect in me between how I am perceived sexually and mm -hmm. some level of empowerment i don't i don't know yeah. now yeah. you were you were also because of the way you started blogging mm -hmm. you know um somewhat of a verbal exhibitionist oh i'll share my deepest most intimate thoughts and feelings definitely what do i think i'll tell you <laughs> not not even not even that because you know I, when when we met, I went back and and read your blog from day one. Yeah, yeah. All right, and and you talked about your not just so much what you thought, but you you talked about your journey into discovering yourself through masturbation. But here's the thing: I did that for a couple reasons. One, I had read other sex blogs where people did that, not mm -hmm. about masturbation, but like about their sex lives. And I went, wait, you can do this? Oh, and two, <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, two, I had just blogged under my legal name. I had just blogged my way through a divorce. I knew that self-discovery and going down these different paths in life and what am I trying to do and what am I trying to figure out and what am I trying to survive and what am I trying to get mm -hmm. through, I processed that through the written word by writing out what I was thinking. Because for me, if the thoughts stay in my head, they just swirl until 
I'm a mess and can't function. So I have to get them out. I also knew from my vanilla blogging, from reading sex blogs, which I never could comment on because I was reading under my <laughs> my legal name and ooh, we weren't doing that, um, that other people connected to that. And I think it's, I don't think this is com- totally tied to my exhibitionism, but I think there's some of it is in there. And that is the connection. I, one, had no expectation a lot of people would ever read anything I said. I understood I was like this little baby blogger who like, to, nobody knew I existed because I had been on the internet five minutes. And then I never expected where we are today. Um, but I knew that somebody might read it and somebody else would go, it's not just me. I'm not alone. I knew if I, at that point, I was in my early 30s when I started sex blogging and, mm-hmm. and finally masturbated for the first time and finally had my first like definite orgasm. I know that's an orgasm. I've totally had it. Uh, I knew I wasn't the only one. I knew it because I had enough, just enough life experience at that point to be able to go, if I'm feeling something somewhere in the world, somebody else is feeling it too. We all, it happens. Mm-hmm. But I also knew this is how I was gonna process it. And yes, to a certain extent, my exhibitionism side came out and said, let's process this publicly, semi-publicly. Like five people read my first words, not anymore. People have gone back and like read it, read it, and it's more than that. But so, but for me, it was the knowing there could be a connection. And then once I had the connection part validated, people mm-hmm. commenting and going, oh my gosh, me too. Or, oh my gosh, thank yeah. you for saying this. I'm less fearful, nervous, whatever. Then that, that is the impetus to keep going and to share more. And so there's exhibitionism in it. See me, validate me, you know, prove that I exist. Also, I kind of like this, that people are seeing me and knowing I exist. Again, I've been very fortunate not to get a lot of hate. If I'd gotten a lot of hate, I might've had a different reaction to it. But I, by and large, most people fall into two camps. The biggest group is fairly supportive um, of either just my journey or the fact that they can connect to it because they've been in a similar situation, headspace, whatever. And then a very a sliver, a teeny tiny minority are the gross ones who've gone too far and they did not, they, mm-hmm. they assumed there was no boundary between me yeah. as the creator and them as yeah. the lawyer. That's really, really rare. The hate, the stuff that could make me feel bad about myself, knock on wood, I've been very fortunate to not get a lot of that. So it's all kind of tied together. You know, I mm-hmm. when I started my blog and I'm like, here, this is my first time masturbating and this is what it felt like and this is what I was thinking and this is this is what the experience was. I didn't really expect a lot of people to read it, yeah. but I knew that they could and there was fear mm-hmm. and excitement in the but that, that they but, might. But that read that's it. kind of my point. I mean, that in and of itself is a bit of verbal exhibitionism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, there are bloggers. I mean, that I follow. All they do is write fictional sure. erotica. Mm-hmm. All right, and and that's what that is. Mm-hmm. For you, you were writing about your 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 thoughts, your your own experiences, and things you were doing mm-hmm. at that time. Yes, and again, sort of like we were talking about at the very beginning when I was like, okay, this kink activity hits your dominance, your sadism, and your voyeurism. Me sharing myself in certain ways for the internet to see is a layered thing. One of those layers is exhibitionism, but mm-hmm. it's not the top layer. It is, it's in the mix somewhere. It's part and parcel with other things I get from it. Um, not gonna lie, there have absolutely been moments I posted pictures of 
things. I was very proud of that part of my body that day and I was feeling really good. And when I got positive feedback that did not make me feel a little like I needed a shower and kind of gross afterwards, <laughs> thanks. That, that felt good. That was like, oh mm -hmm. yes, that's why I do that. It's sort of like when I send you pictures of myself, I hadn't done that in ages, but when I do, yeah. and you comment back with something, you know, uh, appreciative, that there was a certain amount of validation. And, Ooh, I've been seen. It is does not hit my uh, exhibitionism side anymore because we've been together for so long. It's just uh, how we express and how we share information with one another. But in early days, when we were still kind of new to one another mm -hmm. and we had not been together for a while, there was certain um, levels of exhibitionism. I don't do this as often as I once did, but my personal Instagram, if you scroll back, not that far is filled with my ass covered in panties so the Instagram won't completely hate me. And that <laughs> is my exhibitionist side because I like my butt when I can get my back to arch in a very certain way and my hip to pop a very certain way. And I, you know, the lighting is just right. And so I show off me wearing panties because I like my butt. Also, I have a cute panty collection. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I started doing that for you when mm -hmm. we were long distance. Right. And now I barely wear them anyway, so what the hell does it matter? And when I do, I'm like, oh, let's take let's take a picture. Oh, let me put it out there so others can see. And I'm not thinking empowerment. I'm not thinking other people will see their butt reflected back at them through my butt or whatever, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, let me put it out there and see how many likes I get. And there's that's a level of exhibitionism. I don't like getting the comments that feel like they've crossed a boundary. Like I'm yeah. happy with the appreciative comments, the the people who comment with a heart or a, oh wow or that's you know whatever. That's to be expected. I put a picture of my ass in a public space on a profile where people get to like interact with it. Mm -hmm. Then there's the level of the people who slide into your DMs and they say kind of gross things or they ask invasive questions. And it's like, look, if you appreciate the butt selfie, like it, leave a safe for work comment, let's move on. Cause I can, I can choose to ignore those comments if they, they feel a little encroaching to me. Like, and I mm -hmm. do, I just don't respond to them yeah. or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I guess I can't explain exhibitionism for anybody else. I can barely explain it for myself because for me, it is more than just wanting to be watched. I think for me, there's a lot of other things involved mm -hmm. um, because I put myself out there to be watched in a lot of different ways. It's not just what we did at the club. It's not just my <laughs> butt selfie on Instagram. You know, it's my thoughts and feelings as well. The the videos and the podcast, we're literally putting ourselves on display and you find that deeply uncomfortable. And I'm like, but this is the only way I know how to connect with people. Uh, and it's beyond exhibitionism for me, mm -hmm. you know? And I and I would be curious to hear from other exhibitionists if if, it is more than just the simple desire, joy, turn on, whatever, whatever of being watched if it's other things as well. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm tired of talking about something complicated that I haven't thought through yet. Would you say is voyeurism for you a pretty simple thing or is it complex too? Is it tied up in other things for you too? I think it's tied up in, in, in many things. Um, you know, one, yes, there is an appreciation of the the physical, mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, but for me, at least, you know, there, there is a comp, a, 
the composition of the photo sometimes I look at the lighting mm -hmm. um, there there are sometimes I, I look at especially when it comes to a a, uh, a photo on FET uh, there are times I feel like more is is you know, how does it go less is more less is more mm -hmm. uh, you know certain clothing is you know worn um, because for you, it's the whole picture, right? Yeah. It's not just this one aspect of, ooh, boobies. It's, you right. know. Right, exactly. Um, you know, I, I have talked about this before. One one of the most memorable scenes at, at the dungeon was when uh, this one S-type was dressed up as a, as a unicorn. Mm-hmm. And, and the D was a ringmaster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me about that. Okay. You know, neither one of them were exposed in either way. Right. It, it was, you know, just the whole scene and, and everything about it in, in put together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, it, it's it's complex and it... it layers. Layers. <laughs> We're ogres and we're onions. <laughs> we have layers. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I do think voyeurism can be as simple as, ooh, naked person. I would like to look mm -hmm. at that because I'm turned on. Uh, it can be as complex as, but it depends on blah, 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 or there doesn't have to be nudity, or it's about the energy, or it's about yeah. the moment. Same with exhibitionism. It can be as simple as, I will show this part of me to the world to, I get off on knowing that, you can see it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I can even admit that sometimes there's, uh, it can even hit my submissive, my little S tendencies because I'm a little bit out of control. Because I I have boundaries and I can consent and I can put my damn clothes back on if I want. I have control. Yeah. But putting myself out there at the dungeon, on the internet, whatever, there's a lack of control. I lose control in that moment. And, there, and there's something to that for me as well. Sometimes in some situations under very specific circumstances. <laughs> um, but I, I think that not only can voyeurism and exhibitionism be uh, exist from a teeny tiny little bit, however you define that, to a whole hell of a lot, however you define that, but yeah. I think that it, it can be multifaceted and multi-layered and it can be very specific and in specific situations and then in change one element of that situation and it is no longer acceptable to you and it doesn't work for you and you don't want any. And I think all of that is true. You know, it's watching versus being watched. It's seen versus doing the seeing. I'm sure that's not good grammar. Um, and sometimes you can be both and you can certainly be neither. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> we are very fortunate that you are the voyeur and I'm the exhibitionist in that that we can make that work but even then we don't engage with it in the same way it's not like impact play where you are the one hitting me and i'm the one being hit yes you as a voyeur sometimes watch me and i get you know embarrassed and uncomfortable and, oh, <laughs> like you know that little s kind of type and and allow you to watch me yeah but really it's it is you can you watch by yourself and i'm like over there going hi oh, have a good time okay and the only time we actually experience it together is if we're in a something like a public dungeon. Right. Because I am often being an exhibitionist in my own spaces. Whether True. it's my Instagram or it's my website or it's my whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and you are a voyeur in your own space. <laughs> Which it is hilarious to walk up behind you when you are at your computer. Because invariably there is 
a nude body or there is something artistic or there is something that I'm like, I have to start making noises in the back of my throat when a kid is about to walk in. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, we kind of, we are two have sides of the same coin as in all things, but we actually experience most of that separately. True. Okay, this is a big topic, and yeah. I'm, and we obviously we could keep going. We're not gonna. Um, <laughs> I'm winding down. Yeah. There's, it's very nuanced. It's very unique and personal mm-hmm. to the the individual experiencing whichever part of that they experience. No two ways are alike, and there's no single right way right. to be an exhibitionist or a voyeur. I think that you can cross boundaries on both sides, though. We talked about how voyeurs cross boundaries, and ooh, sometimes you can't like put words to it, but you know the feeling. Listen to the feeling. Trust yeah. the feeling. If you feel like, oh, that's too much, then it's too much. It doesn't matter. None of the rest matters. Exhibitionists, yeah, you can cross boundaries. You can go up into a space where everybody has their clothes on and you're naked because you're an exhibitionist and be like, but I'm here. I'm expressing my kinks. Read the fucking room. <laughs> like some places yeah. it's not appropriate to be an exhibitionist. Mm-hmm. Or there are more subtle ways to be an exhibitionist. Uh, one of our first times to the club, actually, you had me wear a very specific dress that was not completely inappropriate for the public. Right. But it was way shorter than I normally wear. And I did it because oh, yeah, I remember that I don't know, mm. we went to dinner. I was yeah. tugging on it and you were like smacking my hand like, don't tug on it. Don't tug on it. And me tugging on it is what got most people paying attention. <laughs> I was not indecent. I was not exposed, but it was way shorter than I would normally wear. And that was voyeur exhibitionists in a space that would not ever have allowed me to walk mm-hmm. through naked, nor would I have done that. But yes, it is possible to cross boundaries as an exhibitionist and you need to be aware of the space you're in and what is considered acceptable there. Mm -hmm. And then like any other kink or any other power exchange, you find ways to be subtle about it that only mean something to you (laughs) and are not crossing everybody else in the room's boundaries when you do it. So, But I would say if you are an exhibitionist who wants to be seen in whatever way you're comfortable and you're kinky, if you can get, when it's safe and when it's accessible to you, if you can get to a dungeon or a play party, that's the place because you have to follow whatever the rules are for that Mm -hmm. space, but that's the place to be seen. It's acceptable. Like the idea is people are gonna be taking off their clothes Mm -hmm. and doing kinky stuff. Like, Absolutely. So, okay. All right. I'm, my throat hurts we talk so much about this. Oh. Are we ready for a bonus section? I think so. Okay, let's go to no bonus section. Are we good? I don't know. Keep, Keep it kinky, kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next time. Dottie. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets? You talk to the crickets every week. I've already been talking to them for over an hour. I know. Well over an hour. Yeah. I would like to continue talking to the crickets. Okay. Go ahead and talk thank to the crickets. You. Uh, one more thank you to Elegantly Owned for sponsoring this week's episode and being part mm-hmm. of our giveaway. And I can't wait to see what the second collar looks like. I, the first mm. collar, like I said at the top, made me squeak. It was very <laughs> uh, You can find Elegantly Owned on at Elegantly Owned, all one word, Twitter and Instagram. Just saying. Uh, yeah. That So, I I think I know why we've never talked about exhibitionism and voyeurism before. That's a way bigger topic, for us at least, than I yeah. think we anyone gives it credit for. 
Because it's like, oh, you like to watch, so you're a voyeur. You like to be watched, so you're an exhibitionist. Oh, that's it, that's done. And clearly, at least from our overthinking minds, no, the fuck it isn't. When you strip away the... Uh... <laughs> A rare unicorn sighting of a JB rant. You were pissed on behalf of. I'm just dropping my coffee cup. Don't mind me, y'all. It's empty. There's no coffee here. How's it feel to rant? You don't do it very often. I don't do it very often. It kind of. It. But when I do, it's amusing to watch. But also, the part of me that wants you to always stay your nice, calm, happy self is like, what do I have to do to fix this? <laughs> Who do I have to hurt to make <laughs> this? Uh, Hmm. This go away. I don't like this. Who is upsetting <laughs> my JB? I don't like this. <laughs> so what do we got for bonus section stuff? Huh. I don't know. What do we have for bonus section stuff? Um, Lola has been snoring through most of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, um, she's, now, what were you going to say? She She's quite... Comfortable in her in her crate with her face mushed up mushed against, up the, against side the, the, crate. the side of the crate. So all and her little fat rolls are just like mm-hmm. around it. And and she's just uh, snoring away and and she's, happy as a clam in a shell. So I think it was last week we talked about how her new vocal thing is to a uh, woo woo at us so that we will let her out. Yeah, that was just the start. Oh yeah, she's she, she just talks to us now. She she's becoming very vocal. Um, it, it's. I even said to Kayla the other day. I said, "Remember when I first said I wish Lola was a little bit more vocal?" Oh my God! <laughs> if you're not paying her enough attention, oh woo woo woo! If yeah. you are uh, not like giving her not belly rub, she's not. But if she's like sitting next to you and she wants you to rub her, oh woo woo woo! Yeah. Sometimes she just starts a wooing, and we're like, I don't even know what the hell you want. Yes. What is happening here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. she she has she's she's become very vocal lately. I guess she's relaxed around and, here. And comfortable, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, it's a good thing. Yes, it's a good thing. It is. And very happy that our um, home is as well insulated as it is because the not bothering the neighbors yeah. <laughs> with her wooing. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. So, so there is that. Uh, the cats are the cats. Yeah. They are doing this really interesting thing now where um, they swat at one another, they bat at one another, they do not hiss at one another or puff up while they're doing it. No, so no, I think no. we might have mentioned that last week. It's all, it's all a blur to me. I don't know what we talk mm-hmm. about anymore. So, yeah, I, I think they have... Uh, Slowly come to terms with each other. Sort of. Sort of, yeah. I mean. Uh, what else? Um, trying to think. What else have we got going on? It's back to school time here. Yes. I've, made, I've been making several trips to Target to get supplies mm-hmm, for people. Mm-hmm. And then next, I realized that. Um, next week at, at when we're recording, they will be in school. I know. We won't have to hide our shirt or no. tell them, warn them, I should say, we're streaming now. You might want to stay out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. No, you don't want to hear any of this. Right, um, right, right. Let's see. Uh, no, um, I had a realization. The uh, 16-year-old 
and I went to get his school supplies and you know he was buying some new clothes not too much I mean he didn't really need much but um I'm standing in the line and I realized because he's talking about you know he, he just got his license and he's waiting to see what his school schedule is because um, mm -hmm. it's a little complicated this year before he tries to go find a job which he wants to find a job and I'm happy for that because I cannot afford to keep this child both in gas and clothes and all the food he wants to consume. Exactly. So go get a job. Um, but um, I'm standing there and I'm realizing that next year when he's ready to go into senior year, he'll probably have a job. He'll probably be like, Mom, I just need a few notebooks and some pens. I'll just go get it. And I realized this might be my last year doing the back to school shopping with the oldest. And I'm standing in Target and I almost started crying. <laughs> First of all, I'm not the sentimental one. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> See, I knew you had it in you. You oh hit my, it well. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think it's very deeply buried. So buried <laughs> so far in my psyche. Like, it's just, um, yeah. It's like, well, and I've, I've been struggling since he got his license. We let him, you know, within reason go do stuff. He's yeah. He's always bored, wants to be going and, and running the roads. And I'm like, well, first of all, you, you don't have enough gas money for that. We only give you so much per month. Thanks. Right. <laughs> um, and two, you are too new of a driver to be truly running the roads the way you'd like to. But every time he goes out, I'm like, oh my God, they've let a, a literal baby drive a car. What What is the state of Florida thinking? Like, what yeah, am have, I thinking? Yeah, have a good time. Be safe. You know, be careful out there. Yeah, and that's what I say outwardly. That's how I like present I myself. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and then, so I, I said this, I think last week, I have um, emergency bypass for my silence and vibe, you know, when when he texts, that's gonna come through no matter what situation my phone's in, as long as it's connected. And um, he, and so I, I know when he's texting me because I gave him a special ringtone. Um, and every time so far, it's been like, Mom, did you put money in my account? Mom, can I go? It's never been an emergency, but every thank God, thank God. But every single time, I'm like, Oh my God, let me leap to my phone. My teenage child is texting me. <laughs> it's just a new heightened awareness and level of anxiety that I thought my entire lifetime of being an anxious person had prepared me for, it, uh, it did not. Hmm. It did not. <sighs> so. Mm. And I, I, I've not been able to take the uh, get out and ride much on the motorcycle with, with the rain. Day. I mean, it, yeah. past couple days it's been, I've it's been bad. I've been waiting for Noah and the Ark to go down the road. I mean, it's just right. been a lot of rain. Uh, but considering there are places with droughts and wildfires, I'm not going to complain too much. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. it's a lot yeah. of rain. Um, and uh, tomorrow, the day after the recording, I will be on my way to the um, sawmill. Yes, you're going to get more wood, but you're yeah. not taking me with you, and I'm very happy about that. I'm very sad about that. Nope, nope. You go talk to the wood <laughs> guy for two hours to your heart's content. I cannot do that a second time. Mm -hmm. I cannot do that a second He's a very nice guy. Yeah, he I is. I just, I mean, there are times when when I'm with you doing the things and my eyes glaze over, and I'm used to it. Just like I start talking about things when your eyes glaze over, mm. but I can't do two hours of my eyes being glazed over. Or two hours of like pretending I find the wood talk interesting. I just, I just, I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. 
I have uh, not been spending too terribly much time in the shop lately. It's, uh, it is miserable hot here. I know there are places that are still hotter than, than here. Which is terrifying Which, which is terrifying. But, um, yeah, the, the heat and humidity here has just been awful. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it miserable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so. That's about, I mean, we're mostly just working. Yeah just working and doing our thing and i'm in desperate need of a haircut but it's not happening um yeah, I'm, I'm about ready for another buzz you keep saying that you look fine to me i know mm. i'll let you know when it gets to like too big shaggy well you that's not the word we use for you yeah but I know, yeah right? <laughs> when your hair is wider than your whole head i'll let you know don't worry um yeah but yeah i mean it's there's not there's not a lot going on, I guess. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Uh, so, but yeah, mostly mostly ready for the for them for the boys to get back to school next week. August tenth. Yeah. Which, not gonna lie, I will be a stressed out mess because the baby's starting middle school and the middle school years suck. Middle school years suck, and he's a little anxious about it, and I'm mm. a little anxious about it. He'll be fine. I'll be fine. But. I just have to give you a good spanking to get your mind off okay. of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad about it. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that's it. I'm, we're just like him and Han and Matt, right, right, right. Yeah. So I guess we should go now. Probably. Probably. Yeah. So we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have made it to the all the way bitter end, don't forget lovingbdsm.net slash giveaway. The link is in the places if you are on... Uh, youtube watching this live stream if you refresh you'll you'll actually get the link now but i have it in all the places if you want to enter to win two winners open internationally let's give away some free shit celebrate mm -hmm. our podcast mm -hmm. years i think i saw the consensus in the uh the live stream that 42 we'll do podcast years like dog years yeah all right yeah mm. i'm good with that i turned 42 this year so i feel like that's appropriate <laughs> um okay we're gonna go we love you guys yep thanks for joining us thanks for staying thanks mm -hmm. for being here thanks for being crickets thanks for supporting us all these damn years holy fucking shit right. thanks for tolerating uh me being a, an exhibitionist in a non-sexual way <laughs> <laughs> uh we will talk to you next week bye, bye.